being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. We are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Ken Rackley, Toon Tech Automotive over here in Aurora. Of course, Charlie Grimes, our engineer. Larry Unger answering phones, which I didn't mention those two guys during Fix-It Radio because we were so busy, but they've been here the whole time, so appreciate them very much. Lines open. Call us. We'll get your questions answered. 303-477-5600. Really quick, our last conversation about the 300 versus buying the C-Class Mercedes and so on. Josh Goff from... Legacy Automotive and Ridgeline up in Boulder just texted and reminded me that under the skin of the 300 is mostly an E-Class Mercedes. Yeah. Great point. Yeah, exactly. So I They're just, yeah. don't see really any reason to trade down right. from one car. Don't, granted, you're gaining a few years, but there's nothing wrong with, the, with that car. Yeah. It's one of the, that's one of the few times, Ken, where I would just say keep driving what you own. There's right. not too many times I'd say that. One, and even if you change your mind in five years, there's going to be something else out there that you can move into that's even newer than the... And the reality you know. is the 300 won't go down in price between now and then anyways. Right. It's in probably, fact, it, it may go up. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's at the point now where it's... That's right. You know, it's leveled off. It's not going to... Well, and as they become a little more desirable and people realize what we... Just got done talking about at the end of the last hour. They may yeah. actually go up some. Well, of course, right. inflation will push them up a little bit anyway. Yeah, it's just sure. the way it is. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of, and we were talking to Kurt Rogers about <laughs> this as well. We're going to be at Worldwide Vintage Autos. In fact, Ken will be with me that day. Uh, and it's an easy place to get to. Not hard at all. Just go to the website, WorldwideVintageAutos.com. You'll see their address. But really, I-70 and kind of that Dahlia Monaco area, you can take one of two or three different exits to kind of work your way back around. They're on the south side of I-70, kind of where all that industrial area is. They've got a huge warehouse where the majority of their cars, well, everything for sale is inside. they got a little showroom there as well, but then everything else is inside. And then, of course, they have a little bit of storage outside for vehicles that are kind of in process where they're doing a few things to them to Makes get sense. them ready for sale and so on. But we're going to be there June 10th uh, all day. So the entire time we're on air, we will actually be there doing the shows, and we'll have a great time. And really, they become a great partner of ours and really appreciate the guys at Worldwide Vintage Autos a lot. I've sent a lot of individuals, a lot of you listening, where, hey, I need to get rid of such and such. Or, hey, I want to buy such and such. You, you could be either or. They've got vehicles they will sell you that, that are there on consignment, or they'll take your vehicle, put it on consignment, and sell it as well. So for some of you where it's like, hey, I don't know how to get rid of this, don't dink around with you know, Facebook Marketplace and all these other things that are out there. Take the hassle out of it. Just have them do it for you. Yes, they're going to take some money off the top, but keep in mind, their ability to market that car, na- well, actually worldwide, not even nationwide, but worth out of your car, more money out of your car than you will, just because they've got a, a larger market to market to than Makes you sense. have. Yeah, they know where to market to. Yep. Exactly. Even based on the car. Yeah. 
right. as yeah, we exactly. know, can vary from one side to another. Yeah. So, anyways, that's just—it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking. In fact, the downside, Ken, is we'll be on air, and I want to be <laughs> want to be there walking around. You're some. right, exactly. I'm turn well, the headset yeah, over to yeah. Ken, and I'm going to go walk around. That's some. the thing. It's yeah. Because it'll mean, be fun. Yeah. They, they, I, I've been through it. Trust me. I, uh, they have. Gosh, I'm trying to remember. They'll have at least in the warehouse, and I am not exaggerating, 300 cars. Wow. It, it, this is, guys, That's, this is not like 10 cars in a showroom. It yeah. is a warehouse full of classic cars, trucks, 4x4s, early Broncos, Blazers, uh, you name it. They've got it. And somebody actually emailed me the other day, cause, and I had noticed it on the website as well, but there's an H1 Hummer. H1. An yeah. H1. Nice. They've actually got there as well, which is a vehicle I wish I should have bought back in the day and didn't. You know, I, I still look at them. I, you know, Me I get different things. And, and they're, they're like, another man, one they, not going down in value. Well, and they're so, they can be so sharp. They can be so rustic. They, they can be a oh, whole gamut over. of things. Right, yeah. exactly. And, you know, you see them for 250K. You see them for 20K. Right. You know, it's there's just, a lot. Yeah. Point being, that's one of those vehicles where, honestly, you can buy that vehicle even if it's a six or a seven, get it up to an eight or a nine, make money on the vehicle. You're you're really not going to lose any money on yeah. that on that vehicle. Yeah. That's one of the few yeah. vehicles. Yeah. Well, not one of the few. There's several yeah. now, but it uh, is one of those that is not going to go down in value. I was just trying to think, where am I going to use that? What the hard, what what do I need? That, that is the do hard I part of an that? H1. Right. You know, yeah. driving it, parking it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you need a place to put it. Yeah. Uh, they're big. They take up almost what two other vehicles would take up. Not quite, but it's a vehicle and a half, even as width and everything yeah, goes. Right. Exactly. It literally is about a vehicle and a half. They weren't any kind of a powerhouse. The 6.6 six Duramaxes were better, but there's very few of those around. If you find a 6.6, six, you're going to be they're usually high 100s. Usually a transplant. Usually somebody's yeah. put one in. Well, in the latter, the latter years, there was the a couple H1s. of years where they made them. Oh, okay. If you find an original 6.6 six Duramax, that's probably worth they're 160 yeah. and up typically. I was going to say. The 6.5s yeah. are a little less than that, yeah. um, but that's one of those vehicles where if you can get your hands on one, they're not going to, even a 6.5 isn't going to go down in price. Right. Yeah. But they were not a powerhouse. No, or the 6.5s were just a, yeah. No, and now yeah. you could do a few things to the 6.5 to make them run a little better than what they did. Question I have, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, Ken, speaking of like a prepper-type vehicle where you're looking for that you know end-of-the-world scenario, how much electronics did those 6.5s have other than just the pump? Very little. That's what yeah, I thought. I mean, they were they were just early technology, and yeah, they just didn't have. You could have an extra computer stored around for it, and probably right when time comes, fire it up, and away you go. Yeah. Well, there's an H2. Charlie's got a picture of from ESPN. Yeah. Nice, Charlie. <laughs> That's an original H2. Yeah. Not a lot of those running around anymore either. I have a customer with one with three hundred and thirty thousand miles on it. Well, that's and another one where it. that's a three-quarter ton truck, right? It's, with a Yukon type body, exactly. And and you, they're bulletproof. And th- there's, I mean, seriously, other than a little wear on the interior, theirs looks just as clean as it did as it was brand new. Yeah. And when they bought it, they actually went to Kentucky and went through the H. To Plant? training class, oh, okay. the, the, the oh, training oh, the class. So you it? drove it through water. Ah. They didn't actually drive theirs, but they drove their. You know, but yep. they were trained on what it could do angle wise. You know, things locking all four transfer case or locking all four wheels. Yeah, I mean, there was just there was actually GM training on those vehicles. I owned a 2003 class. back in the day. Lifted it That's had big tires and all that on yeah. it and yeah. everything. And uh, 
I had a black one uh, back in the day, and I will tell you, one of the first vehicles I ever bought where I had to put my name on a waiting list. Oh, okay. Back in 03. Yeah. I put it on, and I bought it in, I don't remember now, I think it was late... Late oat, I can't remember now even when it was. It was. It yeah. might have been around this time of the year. By the time it got in, and because you had you, at that time, it was kind of one of those things where there was a big long list. Right. You had to put your name on a list. Get it give when them, you get it. Yeah. You had to give them a deposit. You put your name on a list when it came in. It came in. There was only a few dealers around even that had yeah, right. the Hummer line because it was it, even though it was a GM vehicle, it was still its own line. Yeah. yeah. And I think Medved is where I bought mine back in the day because that's who had them right. at that time. And uh, yeah, I had it for a few years and sold it and you know, yeah. made a little money. It was a good car. Sold to a good friend of mine, by the way. Yeah. And uh, good. Yeah. They, they, they were literally a full bore, three quarter ton, six yeah. liter engine, mm-hmm. had the heavier transmission. Right. They were pretty bulletproof. Yeah. You could put superchargers on them. I mean, yep. there was uh, one of my texts actually used to put the superchargers on them and stuff. And yeah, we did. They, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. They had a flip-up nose on the hood. Uh-huh. They were easy to work on. Yeah, exactly. You could take the hood They got off a bad rap by all the tree huggers, but it was a good car. Well, and that was, you know, what was it? Because there was such late... a dumb thing about it. Uh, you're right. A Yukon was no different of a car. You're right. This one sat a little higher, bigger tires, but... They just got such a bad that, rap. Yeah, and, uh, you know... Go through a windshield every, you know, three well, or four times nosed. a year. Yeah, yeah exactly. or a flat, flat windshield, as you know. But, yeah, but they're, I mean, yeah, the people I know that have them just love them. Still. Awesome. And, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, crazy Question of the day. Craziest things you've ever seen towed or hauled? Uh, Jeff up in Steamboat Springs texted, texted in and said, a Subaru with a snowmobile on top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would uh, uh, that would be very interesting for sure. For sure. All right. I have somebody else that texted in. Brother's looking to buy a pickup, and he found a 2019 Ford F-150 with the 5-liter. By the way, that's not a bad choice. 106,000 miles. Should he go for that pickup or a new Chevy Colorado? Well, they're two different vehicles. Right. So that's a tough comparison because the yeah. Colorado is a smaller vehicle than the F-150. Now, the 2019 and the 5-liter engine, not a bad F-150. If it were me... I'd buy a new Colorado, but that's just me. Now, I don't know what your needs are as far right. as towing and all of that right. go because exactly. the Colorado's not an F-150. Yeah, exactly. They're not one yeah. and the same. You'd have to go to the Silverado to compare. Correct. Um, so, yeah, so it would be one of those things. And what option package, what trailer are you pulling, what put, what are you putting in the bed, right. things along those lines. What's and, th- and still at that point, cost-wise or Well, that's whatever. what's interesting. Yeah. I will give credit where credit's due. That mid-sized truck market, because it's very competitive, Tacomas and, and Colorados and Frontiers and so on, you can still buy a fully equipped, pretty heavily loaded, you know, ZL1, uh, not ZL1, uh, ZR2. ZR2 or a uh, Z71 is Z71 what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Not, a Z, not a ZR, but a Z71. You can buy a pretty well-loaded Z, uh, Z71 for under 50K. Yeah. On the Colorado, and I'll bet you that 2019 F-150, if it's fully equipped, it's probably more than probably that. more yeah. than that price. Yeah. So you could buy a brand new truck, yeah, versus a 2019 with 100,000 miles. Yeah, but the but they're not the same truck, right? But they're not the same truck, and the Silverado is going to be fifteen thousand dollars more than the Colorado. Correct. So correct. New, new. new that's so, right. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. You're yeah. you're hard pressed to buy any new full size half ton truck, be it Ram. Tacoma, uh, Ford, GM, whatever, you're hard-pressed to buy one for less than 60 k today. Yeah. With and optioned, that's, that's yeah. not optioned out. You yeah. buy a fully optioned out one, you're 75 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, 75 yeah. I mean, You buy a fully loaded three-quarter ton, you're 90 plus. 
90 K yeah. plus. Mm-hmm. Some of them are pushing a hundred grand on a full size three quarter ton, one ton truck, depending upon the equipment. You get a full board dually, you're pushing a hundred grand. Yeah. Now, do you think that'll come down no. as the market? No. no. You don't think, yeah. Nope. Because they're That's, still selling them. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I don't right. think it will. Well, yeah, just the market. No, the there. market is yeah. there. I don't think in them. You know, the diesel engines and so on. So, yes, it's more money than building a gas engine, you know, half-ton counterpart. Uh, no, I don't see them dropping the prices. If anything, yeah. I see them going up. Yeah. I don't see them coming down. It's becoming Makes a sense. very lucrative yeah. world for the automakers. What, and, they, and the manufacturers, just so people know— on via, on regular cars, passenger cars, they didn't make much money on their 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 margins were very slim. They made more money on the SUV and and truck market. So they're you know just everything was they just made more money on those because people I guess were willing to pay it where the auto, the regular cars so so they don't make as many cars anymore because of that mm-hmm. and they don't have a problem selling the SUV so they keep their their prices up yep so. and and again i just don't see them changing this texture also said it's a xl twenty eight thousand dollars so if you compared that to a colorado similar equipment it's probably 12 to 15k cheaper on the ford yeah. than the colorado if you if you because the xl is not a high-end package on the f-150 so if you bought the lower end colorado with similar equipment you'd you'd spend how maybe even 10 10 over that uh, 38 yeah it can be tough to get you're gonna be about 42 yeah on kind of the bottom end of the call 42 to 50 is kind of the range of the colorado depending upon what equipment you buy on it to kind of give you an idea but you're buying a brand new truck with no miles and full warranty right versus a vehicle with no warranty with a hundred thousand miles so you'd have to do the math on what do you want to do there yeah. if you and i would not buy an extended warranty but for an example if you pay 28k for the F-150 and you bought a service contract, they're going to charge you 2500 bucks or so for the service contract or that more. Little, I was going to say some of the ones I've been seeing are forty five to 6500 Okay, so figure five grand. Yeah. Okay, so now you're from yeah. 28 add 5, you're at 32. Now you are only about 10K difference between that and buying a brand new truck. Now, With a three-year, it's not a full yeah. bore. It's not the big, it's not big a half truck. ton. Yeah, yeah. But if you equip it correctly, towing capacity and so on is not far off of one another. And if you're not doing much with it other than just hauling some stuff around the back and, you know, a few things along those lines and so on, kind of like what I do, I get by just fine with a Colorado. Yeah. You know, it's, now I've got full size trucks available as well, but yeah, you, yeah, you can, you can move into anything you need. But you know, at, even at the last time I, I hauled a car, I took my Colorado, put it on, you know, I put the trailer behind the Colorado, put the car on the trailer and hauled it around. I was yeah. just fine. So yeah. do I, did I need to get the full size truck out? No. Right. Exactly. You know, unless I'm plowing snow, I don't really need to. Yeah. So case yeah. in point, there you go. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, it just, yeah, you're not comparing apples to apples. So uh, with those two, but yeah, I mean, if you're just, you know, putting a small trailer behind them, you know, with no, you know, not really needing the extra or the bigger size, then, yeah, the Colorado it sounds like it'd probably be the better way to go with warranty and all that stuff. But, I agree. All right, yeah. we'll be back. More questions, 303-477-5600. I'm answering questions on the text line as well, 307 200 We'll be right back. Myself, Ken Rackley, Tech Automotive. This is Drive Radio. Gino's Auto Service in Littleton is celebrating 40 years in business. This month, get a $50 NAPA prepaid Visa card with a qualifying NAPA brake purchase of $250 or more. Have you had your brakes checked recently? At Geno's, we recommend checking them every 5,000 miles. Stop in this month and we'll check your brakes for free. 
Should you need breaks, now is the time to take advantage of Geno's anniversary Napa Break Special. For 40 years, Geno's Auto Service has been serving Littleton and customers along the front range. As members of Colorado Select Auto Care, we back up our work with Napa's nationwide, peace of mind, 36-month, 36,000-mile warranty. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Don't forget to check out all our Geno's Google reviews for a good snapshot of our business. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. We're AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Genos with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop, and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic, altercations, and accidents, so put this number into your phone. 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Napa A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. All right, we're back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Texting back and forth, by the way, on the F-150. And uh, real quick... This is me, and I know a lot of people may disagree with me on this, but I would not buy a two-wheel drive truck, period. 
Unless it's just an old classic truck and you're looking for sure. something yeah, along those. Exactly. That's different. If you're not using it for a truck, if it's or, Well, I mean, and not even that. I mean, it's more so with the weather conditions we have and stuff. Well, resale. Or, In Colorado, resale. you can. it is hard to resale yeah. a two-wheel drive truck of any kind. You're going to have to go to places like Arizona or California yeah. or Texas, Texas yeah. to even get rid of a two-wheel drive truck. Here in Colorado, they are... About worth. Sorry, they're about worthless as far as getting rid of them on the resale market goes. Yeah, do not yeah. buy a two wheel drive truck. Yeah, of any kind. I mean, and, I don't care what it is. Yeah, sorry, I mean, and, don't and, buy it. Yeah, if you're buying it for life, then I mean, and that's all you need. Even I, then, I mean, stuff changes, Ken. Well, it's, stuff oh, yeah. in your life changes, and sure. all of a sudden, something happens, and you can no longer drive, or there's a death in the family, or whatever the case may be. You know, I reminded everybody in Fix It Radio of this, not. You know, not looking for sympathy, but, you know, my brother passed away at age uh, 56 a couple of years ago and brain cancer all of a sudden. And, of course, you know, family had to deal with all sorts of things that went on during that time. Nobody plans on that happening. Right. But those things happen. And now yeah. you're stuck with a two wheel drive truck that you can't get rid of. Why yeah. do that? Yeah. Makes sense. On any level, yeah. I just would not buy for Colorado's market a two wheel sure. drive truck of any kind. Makes sense. It's just now if you're classic and so on that's yeah. a whole different world and even then here's what's interesting about that let's go back in time f-150 or chevy pickup seven i'm gonna pick 72 1972 the value even of a four-wheel drive 72 pickup versus a two-wheel drive pickup in this market today Tens of thousands of dollars difference in price, yeah. Because you can't find that many four wheel drives anymore versus the two wheel drives. Yeah, they probably made twenty percent four wheel drive Correct. at that point. So. Correct. And now that's switched. So even yeah. in the classic world, yeah. buying a four wheel drive is a big difference than buying a two wheel drive. So the same thing even applies there. Now, it doesn't mean I wouldn't buy a two-wheel drive classic truck. No, in fact, I restored one of those, sold it not that long ago, and so on. No, totally different world. But I personally would still prefer the four-wheel drive because the value is going up so much more. Makes sense. So, again, even on the old trucks, if you have the choice of one versus the other, I would always buy four-wheel drive just because your value down the road is going to be so much higher than a two-wheel drive truck. So just a little food for thought. 303-477-477. 5,600 questions for us. Please let us know. Again, Memorial Day is next weekend. No, we will not be here. We will be out at Worldwide Vintage Autos, though, on June 10th. In fact, Charlie just gave us some ideas on showing some videos and some different things, you know, that day while we're there, which, yes, we will be very happy to do that and show what they really have to offer because it really is a fabulous place to uh, you know, not only sell your classic car, but also buy a car if you're looking to do that and that's as well. Our, that's our next live broadcast. That's our next live broadcast. Yep. It'll be then. After so this, make sure you come today. out and see us at that point. And yeah, it'll be it'll be. We're going to have a lot of fun. So just come by and say hi. Well, and see, I didn't even know that place was there. And oh, it's huge. I, it's huge. probably good. I better leave my wallet probably, at yeah, home. Probably, you know, yeah, it's like point. I'm not taking anything with me. Just my driver's license. So <laughs> good point. Good point. Yeah. No, it'll be a lot of fun. It will, we'll have a joy. We'll have, yeah. a, we'll have a blast. And, and again, I really appreciate the, the folks that are out there. They are just really top-notch individuals. Okay, a couple of things. Uh, we're talking about trailer tips and all of that. This goes along with that. Somebody uh, saw a lot of posts this week. I don't know why. It was on one of the Facebook groups that I watch. Okay? And somebody was complaining about all of the new LED lights on new cars. Yes, a lot of new cars come with LEDs, and yes, they are significantly whiter and brighter than their counterparts, okay? Now, 
I also know that a lot of them might be brighter, especially on some of the trucks, because something's happened. Something's changed on the truck, and they've not adjusted the headlights for that change, i.e. they lifted the truck. Or they've got a lot of extra weight in the back, i.e. a trailer. They're towing, and they've not done the adjustments necessary to get the lights back down to where, A, they can see better, and B, they're not blinding you. So, yes, there are going to be some vehicles where some adjustments can be made to the vehicle itself to make those headlights not shine at everybody else. Yeah. Here's, here's how that works. If you're handy, you can probably look up online what it takes to actually do the adjustments. Some of them are not as easy to adjust as you think. Right. Some, yes, it's just a matter of turning a few screws and it's a piece of cake. Others and you know this, Ken, Mm -hmm. are not that easy to adjust. There's a process to doing it. Exactly. So if you're handy, you may be able to do it. If you're not so handy, I would have somebody like Ken do it for you. Well, in some cases, you have to lift the vehicle. You have to pull front fascias off. You have to pull the whole headlight assembly out. And then then you kind of have to guess at that point. Yeah. And then you have to put it back together and, and test it see again. where they're at. So, yeah. so that it can be costly. It can, you know, it's time consuming. The old so. days of there's a screw on the side and a screw <laughs> on, on the, the top, top, and you make a half adjustment right. here or there, you know, half a turn here or there. Those days ride. are gone for yeah. a lot of cars. In some, and some you can't go left and right. I mean, there's just no set for that, which you shouldn't ever need to. Right. I mean, if everything's set where it needs to be. But the up and down is, yeah, it. It can be really tricky. Yeah. And so, you, and you put I, a level kit on any truck. I mean, that you need to lower that them. takes and puts the lights yep. up. Another for yeah, know, my Colorado. I mean, I mean, I put a leveling kit on yeah. the front of that. Ken's seen it, knows that. Yes, one of the, the very first thing I did was pull up to a. You know, actually, before I ever did anything, I pulled Market. up to the garage right. door. I uh-huh. knew kind of where it was, and yeah. then I knew what I needed to come back down to once we did the bigger tires and the leveling kit. Yeah, exactly. So those are things that you need to be reminded reminded of or mindful of is probably the better way for me to say that Prior to if you do any of those modifications. Yeah. And it's easy to do if you pull up to your garage door, mark your how far you are distance-wise. Put a blue the tape or wheel. something on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Put tape on the concrete and then mark your top line right. on your where those lights shine on your and just put a piece of tape across That's there. That's you got to do. And, you know, there's usually not any side to side. Just bring so them back into that just, once you're done. Yeah. So you'll see that they're, you know, if you're – 10 feet away from the garage door, you'll see that it's, you know, it's up a foot. You need to bring them down a foot according to the garage door. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's easy to do prior, providing you have prior knowledge where they were. So, but if you don't, then you yep. just kind of have to, they're getting weak. agree. So, Soren, yeah. and for Collins, question of the day, go for it, sir. Hey, I, uh, I was going to tell you, the craziest thing I've ever seen hold down the road was a 737. Whoa. Wow. Okay, like, yeah, no, that would be a sight. Like the whole fuselage or just the... Yeah. Pe- wow. That's pretty cool. That was kind of crazy. I can imagine, yeah. Was that on the highway or back roads or... That was on Highway 14. Okay, yep. So so not a big highway, but that's still... Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, that'd be pretty crazy. I agree. That that would that that that's probably uh, right at the top of the list of what we're going to hear today, Soren. So good one, by the way. Yeah. Well. All right. Thanks. You know, All you're right. the man. Appreciate, Appreciate it, it Soren. Thank you very much. We'll take a break. We'll come right back. Lines are open. Three zero three four seven seven five six zero zero. This is Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. 
Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie, distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. Did you know that for 27 years running, the number one reason for a call to AAA is for a jump start? At the center of your car's starting and charging system is the battery, which helps ensure dependable vehicle operation and starting whenever you need your car. Things like driving and weather conditions, mileage, vehicle age, or excessive electrical draws from the vehicle's entertainment system can all cause premature aging on the vehicle's starting and charging system. But the most common reason for a cold start failure is a result of improper maintenance originating from battery corrosion. Once a month or every thousand miles or so, you should inspect the battery terminals for corrosion or debris that may inhibit proper vehicle starting or charging. Ensure that your battery posts are clean and protected with an anti-corrosive battery pad and a sealer. And by keeping your starting and charging system well-maintained, you can always be confident that your car will start on even the coldest of Colorado mornings. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. But you're not alone. While Paul Leuenberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Leuenberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, You'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. All right, we are back. Myself, Ken Rackley, Tune Tech Automotive. Uh, Charlie Grimes, of course, our engineer, Larry and Grant's ring phones. Lines open, by the way, 303-477-5600. Eric is next. Eric, what's going on, sir? Hey, guys. So uh, regarding your question of the day. Yes. Uh, so I have a couple of them for you, and actually these are things I've hauled down the road. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, oh, boy, yeah. Uh, so, well, I haul uh, ocean containers. So... It's a 
Okay. Hi. So you get some interesting loads at times, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, going both directions. So one of the weirdest ones I've ever hauled that we, we exported was a 1927 hand-drive Rolls-Royce. Wow. That had been, uh, it was actually stored in a barn way over in the Telluride area, and it was being shipped to a museum in Australia where they were going to restore it, and then it was being shipped from there eventually to England. And I, I used to have pictures. When I saw your question pop up, I, I was searching my phone to see if I still had a picture. Wow. I was going to post awesome. it. It was pretty cool because half of it was made of wood. Yep. Wow. So, yep. So, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah, so that that was one of the coolest. A uh, few years earlier than that, we had a stagecoach that oh. had been built here in the 1800s. In the 50s, it was shipped to Europe, and when uh, we got this container and up here and we opened it, stagecoach was being shipped back. Oh. Okay. And it was completely unrestored. It took 10 guys to hand unload this wow. thing. Wow. Um, because they they backed up they had to back a flatbed wrecker up to it and then carefully roll it out. I can imagine. So the wheels yeah. Were falling apart. yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is really cool, Eric. So so now here's the strangest one. And this came in three forty five foot containers and it's actually still around. Um, this woman, she was born and raised in Poland. Married an American citizen and became a U.S. citizen and decided after her parents passed away to disassemble the family home, bring it to the U.S. and build it here. You're kidding me! Wow! It's a lot. It was a log house. Wow! And they and this is the funny part. So here's the deal on this: she hired Polish craftsmen. We disassemble it log by log. They marked each log where it went. All the dimensions were taken. Yeah. And then uh, came. it was shipped in three 45-foot containers, came over here, and then we hauled it, and it's on a mountainside above, um, in, in kind of in the Avon area. Hmm. But we had, in order to get to the building site, we had to back three and a half miles up the mountains, up up the dirt road to get to it. And I kid you not, these guys unloaded those logs by hand. There was zero assistance in it. They did it completely by hand. And I keep thinking, that was probably 2001, 2002. Every time I'm in the area in my car, I keep wanting to go by there, drive up that road. Yeah, right. Yeah. I can see why. That's cool. Yeah, they they said it would take. They said that it took them three weeks to disassemble it, and it was going to take them about the same amount of time to reassemble it. Wow, that's awesome. That that was that was probably one of the coolest ones that, that we've done. I know there's a couple of other ones that are escaping me. That's cool. There's some weird stuff that we have loaded to ship. I'm sure. And and there's stuff that yeah, because the stuff that gets moved back and forth internationally like that. You never know what's going to be in a container when you open it. I I have a running joke. I'll pull up to a customer, and they're like, well, what's in the container? I'm like, well, I know it's not the nuclear waste because I delivered that this morning. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And I will say say that the uh, scale at Fort Collins does not like that joke. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet not. Yeah. Eric, good story, man. Appreciate it very much. All right, thank you. No, good stuff. I appreciate Thanks. that. Uh, Mark in Denver, you're next. Go ahead, Mark. How are you, gentlemen? How are you today? Good, sir. Great, thanks. Good. John, I had some really bad luck uh, with the trailer hitch. You know, I brought that new trailer for my Porsche, and I tried the trailer hitch that had the stabilizer bars. Yes, equalizer. A lot, lot, yeah, the equalizer, sir. And there was so much slop between the receiver and the, the piece that insert in there that it actually amplified the problem when I, when I set up the stabilizer bars because there was too much bounce in the hitch itself. Huh. Weird. I've never like, heard. I've like, never seen that. Like the rear suspension couldn't take the weight, or no, no, no. Because I had the truck leveled. I saw it, and I knew it was going on. I mean, jacking up the back end to take the pressure of the bars. Right. I had it all figured out and marked. Okay. But the, when you put that receiver piece into the two-inch uh, receptacle, uh-huh. there was a lot about three-quarters of an inch slop uh, in that that hitch piece going in. Huh. So it just bounced everywhere. What so truck? What? What? Got my money back. Was that? And it's a because they make you know make a two and a half inch receiver as well, which takes a bigger receiver. It wasn't the bigger hitch, was it? No, sir. It was exactly the correct one. It was a two I inch. Checked the box. Yeah, it just basically just slopped around in there. Huh. So it could have been defective pride. Yeah, but, yeah, it must yeah, have been because, something weird. I mean, weird. you shouldn't get more than eighth, oh, an eighth inch. of an inch or so. Yeah, yeah exactly. most. Oh, no. This had three quarters of an inch. Oh, oh yeah, something something's was wrong. wrong there. Yeah, yeah. they and the, yeah. well, one thing too with those two inch deals, they have a uh, a bracket that bolt that you can slip on with as the stinger goes or as it goes in to the receiver. They have a deal that will tighten that up to keep it from rocking, also, but not three quarters of an inch. No, that three quarters of an inch is way. Most excessive. of those are solid two inch um, shanks that have no movement whatsoever. Right. Mark. I mean. Yeah, I, I, I got my money back, and here's what I bought, and it's working fine. There's a trailer hitch that has a rubber buffer, hydraulic buffer. Yep, I've seen those. Yep, yep. And that works great because when you go down the road, it sucks up all the vib- well, most of the vibration yeah. between hitch and receiver. It works extremely well. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, no, those are they're just a little more money, right? Uh, yeah, but when you got a car, like no, it makes no, sense. Trailer, yeah, no, I, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, and that's, so that was my part. Of, that's part of my humor. The strangest thing I ever saw towing is me. <laughs> you one. couldn't get that trailer Good under control, one. huh? Yeah. That's. I'm doing fine. I have the two 5.3 Tahoes, and I know John. They're marginal for towing, but you know I'm not going to send any land speed records when I go back. Well, if you're flatland towing, America, they work fine, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah, I no, mean, you're fine for me. Yeah, you're heading okay. east. They're fine. 6,600 pounds with the car and the trailer, and the trailer's brand new. No, you're fine. So I'll be all right. Yeah, you're oh, good. Yeah. Take it easy now. Yeah, no, you're and fine. Take the, newer, take the newer Tahoe that's got 100 horsepower more. Yeah, no, there you're, you you're fine with that. Nothing oh, wrong yeah. with that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, second part of the equation today. Today I power washed my wife's Volvo 2011 cross country. Okay. Uh, I patched up a clear coat spot on the door, and another one appeared where the clear coat had come off after I power washed. There's got to be something in that area because the rest of the car, the, the clear coat's not coming up. It's just that one spot on the door. Mm. So that's a factory defect problem. Yeah, right? I wonder if that got painted at the factory or even at the dealer before it was delivered, something along those lines. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll take it. That, to that's got to be the shop. issue, Mark. Something, well, for example, the Colorado 
plant that they make Colorados and Vans, GM in Missouri, just got hit with hail this last week, damaged about 3,000 cars. And you got to be thinking, okay, if mine was one of those, do I even want it? Because I'm not sure how they're going to fix those. Yeah, I mean, it's just a small spot, but it's weird. It appeared, yep. uh, a year ago, that same area, I patched it up and I bought the correct clear coat from Volvo and, you know, taped it yeah. up. And, and it's got to be an issue it. with the paint, Mark. Yeah. But it's, in the, it's just in that one spot in the yep. whole car. Yep. Now, it's, it had to have been weird. fixed at one point or something. Otherwise, it wouldn't do that. Okay. All right. Has to be. Okay. Well, thank you for You're welcome. No, Mark, thank you. Appreciate you, man, very much, as always. Appreciate it very much. Uh, Tom and Lakewood, you're next. Go ahead, Tom. Hey, uh, this is my second call. Yeah. No, you're fine. You guys were talking about uh, the poor gas mileage on a uh, uh, Tacoma, and I I got to agree, mine was just awful. It's a 21 or 22 Tacoma. But I I found by accident, we had to drive back to Illinois and there was a tremendous amount of highway construction going on. So there were long stretches where we were going 55 miles an hour. Uh-huh. I got 30 miles to the It gap. probably went up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. 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 You push Otherwise, a square box down the road that's under powered, so your foot's in it all the time, and the fuel economy just goes way down. Rolling brick. Yeah. Yep, exactly. I mean, yeah. No. Yeah. I duplicated that here later in Colorado on you know a flat stretch of mm-hmm. I-70. So yeah. that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny how the speed will really make a big difference. Yeah, Huge. if you keep it under sixty-five, it's it's. And it's some amazing. cars, you know, Tom, depending upon the aerodynamics and so on, don't change at all. In fact, some will do as good at a higher speed because it's kind of like a boat; they plane out and kind of slip through the air, and away you go. Yeah. But not right. that car. Yeah, interesting. It's any, a brick. any truck, any yeah, truck exactly. is a brick. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay, guys, have a great no, day. No, you're, you're spot on, Tom. Appreciate that very much. That's a great point. Yeah. And, yeah, if you want to get a little bit of fuel economy, yeah, slow down a little. When, you know, and I've seen that on, on our vehicles, although we rarely, when we're going somewhere, keep it under 80. I mean, or, I mean, it's about eighty, right? And, and we're usually towing well, stuff. Well, if you're going like to keep up, seventy-five, eighty, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Speed them at seventy-five, and, so yeah, yeah. And we'll, you know, on our diesel, we'll get eight to ten, you know, because we're towing pretty heavy. Um, there was one trip we took. Uh, we weren't tow, we weren't as heavy, and this was on my old four diesel. But we got, we were leaving Colorado. It was a snowstorm. We could max do like forty-five, fifty miles an hour. We let, we had the camper on, but no trailer. We got. <laughs> From from the eight to ten, we got twenty three. Wow. Yeah, I huge mean, and difference. that was a big difference. And that was for a short stretch. And That's then, huge. And then once we got out of the snow, boom, boom speeds back went back again. up. And yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah. that's how it difference. works. Yeah. All right, lines open three zero three four seven seven five six zero zero. Myself, Ken Rackley, Tune Tech Automotive over here in Aurora, not far from where we are here in the studio. By the way, Colfax and two twenty five. If you are in that area, he's our guy. Other than that, we'll be right back. Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. 
Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold certified auto care shop and employs ASC certified technicians. So don't be that guy and make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555 or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679 and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. Yes, and June 10th, we will be out at Worldwide Vintage Autos. You just heard that a moment ago. We'll be live there, so make sure you come out and say hi, and uh, we will be ready for you and have a lot of goodies and stuff to give away. It'll be our first remote of the year out in the sun, so uh, we'll have a lot of fun. So stop by, myself, Ken, my wife, everybody will be there. We'll have a lot of fun. It'll be a great day. So Mike and Highlands Ranch, you're next. Hey, John, a second time No, you're fine, today. Mike. Go ahead. Always delighted to chat with you. I was fascinated real quickly by the mileage. Of course, I have a 2020 Forerunner Limited that gets crap mileage. Um, you and, and everybody and else. Was, well, yeah, no, welcome to the proud world of the Toyota 6. Um, yeah. It's just the way Which it is, is amazing. I mean, it's bulletproof. I know, and I know why people buy them. It's bulletproof. It's Toyota. That's, They'll run forever. But their right. their power That's and right. mileage, unless you supercharge them, just sucks. Well, I I've owned two of them, uh, and my power my my seventeen I supercharged. It was great. I also, by the way, uh, re- put aftermarket brakes on them. They nice. don't put brakes on them. Nope. The the factory's warranties uh, solution for the warping of the brakes 
is to turn the rotors. Every 5,000 miles. Wrong, <laughs> well, what's wrong with that picture? Let's yeah. shave off some more. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. That warp quicker. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't that, help. Well, thank you, thank yeah. you very much. And, the, and when I said that to the service guy, because it was under warranty, he just looked at me like I was insane. I said, "Okay, obviously got the wrong moron." <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I don't know what you're talking about, Love but it's it, got to be wrong. <laughs> I Love it. Having, having said that, couldn't agree more. They're bulletproof. They're reliable, but they get horrible mileage and they don't stop and they got no power now as it relates to mileage i've done a little bit of of toying around when you put a ski rack on them you're going to lose about 17 percent a mile and you're going to yep. do that with about anything you're correct it's amazing to me how many i still see floating around now the ski season's over I don't That's get it. Exactly it's like, take right. that bloody thing off, people. Yeah. Take that bloody thing off. <laughs> I have a fly where I have a fly rod rack that goes on it. Okay, that loses mileage. Yep. The the I don't the the Thule things on top. People year round. If you're interested in mileage, pull it off. Put it back on. The other reason to pull it off, any of them, and put them back on, is if you leave them on for a couple years, you'll be lucky if you can get them. Correct. On. Well, really quick, Mike, what's because. interesting to me, and maybe I'm being too critical, you tell me if I'm right or wrong, the majority of individuals I have found that leave those things on like you're talking are also the biggest environmentalist tree huggers there are out there. They, they claim to love the earth, but yet don't do the things we're talking about to get better mileage, and I don't think I'm too wrong. Right. No, you're absolutely correct. As a matter of fact, uh, 90% of them are exactly what you're talking about, the tree hugger types. And, you know, if, if you confronted them that, that, they would look at you like the, the I'm talking to the wrong moron. Well, guy. it's like you're back at the Toyota dealership. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, great show as usual. I don't think I can beat the, the, the 737 yeah. going down. The fuselage, that was pretty tough. Although I've seen yeah, some strange anyway. stuff going down the road where you just sort of look at yourself like, am I really seeing this? Yeah. That's exactly right. Listen, thank Thanks, you for Mike. a great show. Appreciate you a lot, man. Really Bye. do. Great, great. I love Mike. Love love having him call in. He's always funny. Well, can you imagine, like, living in what, California where they had to remove stoplights and stuff to remove the space shuttle? You know, when they did that? I know. I mean, that, that would, would be, be pretty cool to it, see. That would be really cool. Yeah. I mean, that... That's just, yeah. I mean, the space shuttle that never went to space because the Earth is flat? (laughs) We had that discussion yesterday for a few minutes. No, folks, I don't believe the Earth is flat. I had a long discussion on Ready Radio yesterday talking about that. And, no, I do believe the space shuttle. Just just all TV. No, I believe it went up and did the things that it did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, when they burn up over time. You could see it coming back in. I mean, yeah. The tiles and all. I mean, again, the amount of things that we now have out of our space program that a lot of us use on a daily basis sure. from you yeah. name it yeah you know well, dip, high-end plastics and ceramics right. and kevlar and so on exactly. where do you think that came from yeah right yeah. it was all developed for the space program and yes we went to space yeah. and yes the earth is round <laughs> well and, and and gps wasn't designed so we could get where we need to go it was designed for 
just I mean safety just well, it was watching military yeah it was military use to begin with yeah. in fact for That's the longest it time for. it wasn't yeah. allowed to be used yeah, for right. civilian use eventually it right. became available but that's yeah. where it came from so yeah, to exactly. your point yes yeah so it's i don't know those again I, and i'm sorry i wasn't trying to pick on anybody earlier but it, no joke the people that you will see running around with ski racks on year round really yeah. sucking down the fuel economy are the same ones that'll have the coexist or the you know mother earth you know bumper sticker on the back it's like you knuckleheads right well, Everyone, everything you hang on that car is, is taking away from fuel economy. And one thing that I've seen, you know, and I'm not picking on any one brand, but like, like an all-wheel drive, well, like a a, a Subaru, just a you know legacy mm-hmm. all-wheel drive sedan, you know, s- smaller vehicle, mm-hmm. all-wheel drive, very versatile, Grand works fuel, great. Ton- fuel economy. D- tons of people have them. They don't get over eighteen miles, eighteen no, to twenty miles to the gallon. Sucks. Everything even a brand seen. new Subaru yeah. won't do much better than twenty two. Right, literally. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, that's I test drive. And them, that's I can a small tell you sedan. That. Yeah. yeah, and that's. I mean, so I mean, you know, so and and probably the all wheel drive has a lot to do with that because it does. not uh, not anything in that same category. Most of them are not all wheel drive. True. So you know, so that's that's a price to pay for that. But, but they are not economical but, when it comes to fuel. But look who owns a lot of those. I know. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I like, know. they're a great car. They're they are. Just, yeah, they go and go. Not but taking anything away from them, but, but they you know, they if, are not if, the if most economical. Right. It's it's a little hypocritical on, you know, on some of the owner's parts thinking, yep. yeah. Okay, so we got a few not. we got a few minutes here for top of the hour. I've got a little bit of a checklist here when it comes to what you should be doing on a pre-trip that Ken and I will go through, and we will decide if this is true or not. But most of these, I can just tell you from scanning, are probably, yes, you need to be doing this. So here's kind of a pre-trip checklist if you're towing a trailer and you're going to go out here this summer, Memorial Day weekend, whatever the case may be, just in general, you're going to tow a trailer. And maybe you've never done this before or only done it a few times. The ball and the coupler need to be the same. So if it's a one and seven eighths on the coupler, ball on the trailer one is, or ball on the receiver hitch, one and seven eighths. Class one. If it's two inch, it's two inch. Yeah. And for the guys hauling big stuff, two and five sixteenths, two and five sixteenths. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can't. You can't, can't go either. Way. Right. No, you'll yeah. have a problem if yeah. you do. Yeah. Chains, wiring harness, and breakaway cable are all connected. Yes. Now chains. Just make sure we're correct on that because it's not in my list. It may be later, but chains need to be crisscrossed. Ev- not mm-hmm. everybody. The majority of safety chains I see hooked up on a trailer as it's going down the road are wrong. Right. They have to go right to left, left to right. You want to make a cradle so if something happens and it does come disconnected, which I've actually had this happen before for whatever reasons. A coupler gets loose or wasn't tight enough or mismatched ball or whatever the case may be. If that does fall off, it lays down in that cradle. It's safe. It's easy to stop. You don't have any issues. All is good. It's cradle, meaning the hitch doesn't dig into the pavement Correct. and pull the. That's you know, why the chains whatever. are there. Right, exactly. It falls right into the yeah. cradle of the chains. That's why you X them. And you don't want the chains hanging too loose no. either. So you don't need as much slack as you think you need. Right. There's so not you, as much movement there as you right. think. And when you crisscross them, you can just twist them a number of times to get them off the ground you so want they're them not pretty, dangling. You want them fairly tight. And keep in mind, with their crisscrossed, as you turn, 
make sure I say this right. So the chain that's on the left side crossing back over to the right side, if you make a left-hand turn, that chain actually gets a little bit of slack, slack in it. Slack in it, where the other one snugs up a Correct. little bit. Correct. So yeah. you've got to make sure you're dialed in there. But to Ken's point, make sure they're not dragging the ground. Yeah. And you want them fairly tight, actually. Yeah. Not so tight that they're going to bind. Right. But you don't want them dragging either. Yeah. Just, you know. As, a little if, slop is all. You know, if they're five, six inches off the ground, at least they're not dangling on the ground. Correct. And, creating sparks and Correct. things along those lines. So. Ball mount needs to be, your pin needs to be in, and I'm a big fan of a locking pin for your ball. A, it keeps it from being stolen. B, it never comes off. Right. Okay, the cotter pin can't come out. Nothing's going to come off. I, I prefer a locking pin if you have that. If not, make sure it's got a really nice, tight cotter pin because you don't want that pin working its way out and those are a pain too so what i found <laughs> okay yeah. hold that thought sure We're gonna, we'll yep. come back here Keep top going. of the hour yeah. and talk about that ken will tell us what his thought is on that yeah. pin there's various ways of doing that and doing it the correct way is the most important part yep. we'll come back and talk about that in a moment drive radio klz 560 still haven't had enough go to drive-radio.com email your questions and comments Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.